Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. You're dealing with a person who has arrested development. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Song, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zong, and today I'm so excited about this. I, I love, love, love this guy, and I love his topic. This is, you guys are so in for this treat today. I have Dr. Alok Trevetti today, and he talks about how to rewire your brain. This is going to be amazing. He is a human performance expert. He talks all about upgrading your neurology. He has spent 27 years studying the brain and developing the science behind your success and fulfillment. He helps people rewire their brains to get to the cause of how to transform your money, your lives, your businesses. He's got these amazing systems, these amazing programs. He's the author of the book, Chasing Success. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. T. Oh, thank you for having me, Rebecca. I'm super excited to be here. I appreciate you having me and uh, looking forward to communicating and talking and and uh, helping serve your community. I look forward to it a lot. Ah, you're amazing. And I even forgot Thank to mention you. that you're a media personality. You've done all kinds of amazing things. You're amazing. So I, what people don't know, I mean, they see this incredible personality that you are now, and you, you run these huge events. You just came off of running this massive, huge four-day incredible event, and you know that you, you're so successful. What they don't know, though, is that you actually once were, at, you know, at this low, low point, in your sure. life, you had gotten divorced, you had lost everything, you were 50 pounds overweight. You were, Tell us about that place in your life. Yeah, it was a place where I was uh, I was stuck being a narcissist, for lack of a better word. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Really I was so blinded in my own reality, and, um, and I was miserable, and I was going through this divorce, and I, I was stuck in it and I'd lost all my money and basically couldn't see my kids because I didn't have the money to go see my kids. And, you know, my assets were frozen. There's nothing I could do. And like literally I had a lemon to eat for four days. Like that's, that's all I had. And that's all the money I had. And this voice right now is because I just finished a four day event inside of it. But that process was so great. I was so grateful for the process because it taught me exactly how to rewire because it's not what people see on the outside that matters. It's really how authentic can we be on the inside, right? And 
I would go on stages. I'd talk to people. I'd be telling people about their vision boards and all this stuff to be real with their life. And the reality was is that I, I was backstage with all these moguls in the industry. And, and I'd ask them, okay, I need help trying to sell. I need help trying to build a business. And there was nothing that was actually being told to me that was actually working, almost to the point that I would sit and say, like, what they're saying wasn't making sense to me, that I had to go home and figure out the science of how to rewire it. I'd already been doing it for 13 years with clients. You know, one of those things, it's like, you, you don't believe it that you need your own help type thing. That's where I was. Because I was so blind with my narcissistic personality at that time. And I wasn't humbled to see my narcissism and altruism balanced. I wasn't able to see myself grow and be in balance with myself. That it led me to a path where I went home and I just, I pulled out all my textbooks. I pulled everything out. And I said, I got to figure out how this brain works. How, what's the anatomy of a belief? What's the anatomy of psychology? What's the anatomy of What's the neuroscience of everything? And then how do I repattern these and rewire this so that I actually get myself to be balanced, not programmed to be successful? Because there's a delusion in that. Right? A lot of people will go into programs and things like that and say, you don't want to program myself for success. You don't program for your success. You, what I program for people to do is heal because real success comes when you can transcend your chaos. A lot of times people will sit and say, you know what? I programmed myself for success. I made more money. I made more income. I got a better relationship. But they don't, see, they don't tell you about the flip side of the equation, how other parts of their life fell apart. That wasn't what I was interested in. I was more interested in how do we create a life where we can balance and master all areas of it. And that's what I started to do, and that's where I created the path. And then every single day, including this morning, I work on rewiring my own brain, making sure that I'm constantly improving and making my brain move towards growth rather than decay and death. Yeah, it's a choice, right? It is. For sure, it's a choice. And it. it if we don't choose to rewire our brain, our brains will default to the lowest, lowest common denominator, and it falls into what's called the amygdala of the brain, right? And that's the survival center, the, the animal brain. But we'll go into the survival center of the brain. But no one on this, on this podcast, no one on this channel is listening to this saying, you know what, I just want to live to survive. That's not, why we're, that's not what we want. But our brain is not built on abundance. It's built on the mechanism of survival. So unless we train our brain, and actually wire our brain to do the things that we want it to do, it will default to the lowest common level and lowest common level of consciousness. So a narcissist, mm -hmm. I mean, I, when I just finished writing this book, okay, yeah. and what I understand a narcissist to be, you know, to, to, to still be, is... The, during their childhood, they were exposed to trauma. Mm -hmm. And during that trauma, they were, you know, as all of us, even as adults, when we're exposed to trauma, when we're in trauma, when we're experiencing this fight or flight situation, our brains, you know, emit these chemicals, right? Mm -hmm. So yep. that we can fight or 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 fly, right? So that we ha we can be stronger, that we can run faster, so that we can, right? You know, it's it's the epinephrine or it's whatever it is that gets em emitted, right? So that we sure. can be, you know, faster or whatever we need to do in order to to go. And, but as children, mm -hmm. 
when those chemicals get emitted, it our our brains get bathed in these chemicals, and it caused arrested development in the uh, in the limbic system of the brain, right? And so what happens then as adults when 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 narcissists then get presented with situations where they feel threatened that narcissistic uh, part of their, well, the limbic system then takes back over and there, you know, that narcissistic injury is triggered and then narcissistic rage or whatever comes flying back out. Right. And, right. and so that is what really is happening when you're dealing with a narcissist. You're really dealing with a, a, a child. You're dealing with a person who has arrested development. That, that, is. that is what I understand a narcissist to be. Yeah, and, and that's just one side of it. If I can, if I can kind of maybe just have a discussion with it, that everything you said neurologically is correct, right? And there's two parts of the nervous system, though, right? We There's the sympathetic nervous system, and then you have the parasympathetic nervous system. What we're talking about here is the sympathetic nervous system, where they're fight, flight, or freeze in that mechanism. And anything that attacks me, I've got to make sure I protect myself because the brain is built on that protection mechanism. Completely accurate, right? However, science has also shown us, and neuroscience has also shown us, that you also have another part of the nervous system. And another part of this nervous system is your parasympathetic nervous system. And the parasympathetic nervous system is the rest and digest. And this part of the nervous system is actually designed for altruism. So we have the narcissist and the altruist, both in our personality styles. But when we're in a sympathetic, triggered state, as you said, arrested development, absolutely correct. We are in a state where we need defensiveness and we show protectiveness. And it's got to be our way because we're afraid of the world attacking our conscious realm of what the world looks like to us. And if anything breaks our identity in that, we're going to sit and say that we're sick, we're, we're ailing, and you know what? We have to protect that, and that's where the narcissistic expresses that personality. However, in my research, what I've also found is that an individual has a narcissistic side. And here's the thing, Rebecca, you have it, I have it. Everybody has moments of narcissism that we're expressing trying to heal ourselves. Because what I've figured out in, in, in all the years and over 500,000 clients and patients over the years is that ultimately we're trying to heal ourselves. And healing is an acronym that I use that just helping energy align with love. We're all trying to figure out how to love ourselves. And that's ultimately what we're here to do and trying to do that for ourselves. There's another side of that. And there's September, uh, April 16th, the Scientific American talked about this where we've been talking about this in a psychological perspective, our brains are actually creating what's called anti-neurons and anti-memories and anti-inside this. And this is the parasympathetic side of the brain that's being built. And so as we're expressing the narcissistic side, we're repressing the altruistic side. Mm-hmm. And as we repress the al- or express the altruistic side, we're repressing the narcissistic side. Mm-hmm. And so in my work, what, I've, what I choose to help people do, and if people are interested, that's what I help people do, is 
love your narcissistic side, love your altruistic side, but there's no need to disbar any of it. It's mm -hmm. rather than to integrate it so that you don't have to run from it. You can actually own all parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, then you can sort of replace, you know, slowly replace the, the kind of, I don't know what to say, the, the, the not so healthy side with the healthier side. It, it might, I don't know if I'm using the right terminology. But yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think we, yeah, absolutely. You can, you can take the side where you can balance out the narcissistic side where it's all about you and your defensiveness and mm -hmm. you're welcome to, and you're welcome to another opportunity. I'll give you an example of this. I just, it just happened to me this morning, to be very honest. Okay. okay. At the time of this, you know, it's a couple of weeks before Christmas and we were just planning a, um, a Christmas vacation with me and the family and that. And my girlfriend and I were having a discussion and I said, you know what? And my family's there. My kids are there. My parents are there. We're thinking, oh, should we go to Mexico? Should we go down to Miami? What should we do? And the narcissistic side of myself, I want a vacation. I've had a hard year. I've had a tough year. We've worked hard. I need to go rest. But then there was a moment that kicked in that said, you know, wait, hold on. Let's take a step back. Let's take everything into account. And I asked my girlfriend, I said, do you want to spend time with your family because your grandmother's going to be here. You haven't seen her in a while. Was this something that you'd rather, you know, would you rather do that inside that? And, and I said to her, I said, you know what? I didn't stop to ask your consideration of what you ultimately wanted to do. You know, the old narcissistic side that would express a lot of that wouldn't care. Mm -hmm. Right. But as you rework yourself, you rewire yourself, you start to realize, hey, wait a minute, you don't need to be in that fight or flight, all or none response. You mm -hmm. can actually manage multiple states of emotions. But mm -hmm. right? when we get angry and enraged, it's, you can be zero and then go to rage all of a sudden. That's an extreme state. That's where the brain is in the amygdala and the lowest level of thinking. It's a fear state. And right. I know I'll be transparent. I mean, I, I've, I've gone through that. I've lived that. And I don't know if I class myself as a narcissist alone, but I definitely could see myself where I've gone into bouts of rage. I think we all have as human beings, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But this was an experience where I was like, wait a minute, let's take another level of emotional awareness and balance out and see that there's more to it. And I think as the more you rewire, the greater emotional awareness you get and the more you move towards your, your prefrontal cortex to make much more logical, executive-based decisions where you can actually think clearly about the world that's around you and not be so emotionally driven. Yeah. Well, I think having, um, control of your emotions mm -hmm. is absolutely the most, you know, the highest level of, of mastery that a human being can attain. Agreed. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. It's, it's not easy to do, but I think it's the hardest thing to do. But I think when we do, that's, that's when life becomes a beautiful place to live. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zahn. High-intensity interval training is one of the most powerful ways that you rewire your brain. Take whatever emotion you have, whether it be anger or, or frustration or whatever it is, go do a high-intensity burst training for 20 minutes. And while you're angry, do the exercise. By the end of the exercise, you will not be angry anymore. 
Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging, like a narcissist or other high-conflict personality, and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free Win My Negotiation Cheat Sheet at www.winmynegotiation.com. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. These are high net worth people that I'm training. Some of them are politicians, some of them are high-end surgeons, lawyers, right? And to be able to, I mean, that was the first time, if I think back, the first time I was surrounded in in an environment where there were a lot of narcissists was then. Right? These are these are people who are not, you know, used to people saying no to them or telling them what to do. And now we return to today's show. Absolutely. So, I mean, how, how do you do that, though? Well, the interesting thing, right, and that's kind of what my work is around. And that's, you know, I've, I sat down and I said, how do you rewire parts of the brain? And I wanted to take all seven areas of my life and I wanted to master them. And I wanted to take from, you know, from mental to physical to spiritual to to work and career to financial to health. And I wanted to take every area of my life and I wanted to rewire it and master it so that I can emotionally regulate myself and not be emotionally regulated by the environment around me. And so I did this for myself, right? When I was sitting, I had no money, nothing. I said, the only way that I'm going to bring my, build myself back up is if I rebuild my brain. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I took it step by step. I took one thing at a time. And now I've created a, a curriculum of program, a program, but literally breaking down each section of your life and rewiring it so that you can actually have emotional mastery in all of it. That doesn't mean to sit and say that someone never gets upset. That doesn't mean to sit and say that someone never gets angry. But the reality is we all have these emotions. The real ultimate answer is, can you love yourself for having those emotions? And not judge yourself for them. And I think that's that's what the rewiring work is able to do. It's able to help people who are stuck in judgment of themselves and move past it. I like to say that when an emotion becomes or an event becomes balanced, you get to transcend the event. And when you transcend the event, it no longer happens captivity in your nervous system, and you can move forward. So how do you do the, this rewiring? I mean, obviously, yeah. it's not just affirmations or, yeah, oh. yeah right, uh, you know, or listening to meditations or something, I, I don't think, right? It's not. It's not. It's literally, it's take, it, it, everyone asks me the how, right? The how is the most difficult. It just depends on the component of what's going on. Um, but I can tell you, if I gave you a, a brief framework of, I have 96 different ways that I, I rewire and I continue as I discover a new way to do it how to rewire and rebalance the brain. I create a new way of doing it. So um, a new path, a new system of doing it. But what I can tell you is that we've got to get you to a point where you're completely, you take the past and you're completely grateful for it, right? First, you got to find the, find the emotion of the past and we've got to get you to be grateful for the emotion of the past. That's step one and step two. Step three is if the emotion didn't happen, how would your life have been, what would have been a disservice to your life? If you just take that four-step framework, you can pretty much help rewire any situation that you're in that will get you to a state of emotional governance and emotional control so that you're not chaotic. 
Take the emotion and be great and be grateful for the emotion. Why was that emotion there? Take the opposite emotion, and if that was there, what would be the drawback if that existed, the disservice of that existing? Now, that four-step framework literally allows someone to sit and say, you know what, okay, I can grab control of my mind at any point in time. I can grab control of my emotions if I ask myself the right questions. And literally, like there's great authors like Byron Katie has been out there, and Dr. Demartini has done stuff around emotions and thinking, and there's been a lot of people who've talked about emotions, but how do we take it and apply it on an everyday basis? That's the difficulty, I think. And my work is more designed, how do we take things that are complex to bring them simplified so that we can use them? But I would take that. Number two, I would take inside of, I tell everyone to do this. Like this, one of the easiest ways to rewire the way that you think, believe it or not, it's high interval training. High intensity interval training is one of the most powerful ways that you rewire your brain. Take whatever emotion you have, whether it be anger or, or frustration or whatever it is, go do a high intensity burst training for 20 minutes. And while you're angry, do the exercise. By the end of the exercise, you will not be angry anymore. And what it'll do, because as your anger is there, your actually body is gonna, your brain is gonna create using BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotrophic factor, it's actually gonna remyelinate against that anger because it's forcing you, because you want anger keeps you in the brain. But it's forcing you to use your use your body to remyelinate it. So it's not just one pathway, right? In my work, it's not just about questions, it's about body. How do we use the mind and body? How do we get the body moving in a state so that we can rebalance the emotion as well? And when we do that, then we are able to really create a, a synergy between mind and body. And that's really where I think we, uh, my opinion at least, is that as a, as a culture of moving towards health, we're going to need to go because I like to sit and say that, you know, everyone talks about mental health. I don't think we have a mental health problem in the world. I think we just have a health problem because you can't separate the mind from the body and you can't separate the body from the mind and they're both connected to one another. Okay. All right. So let's say somebody feels like they are a victim of a narcissist and they're never going to be able to get past that. They can never win. They can, you know, my life is horrible. I can never get out of it. I'm, I'm stuck in this situation. I, in fact, I, 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 I love this person and I can never get over this person. I'm never going to be able to get out of this situation. What do I do? I would say first, first thing that's going to be a very challenging question to ask yourself, and this is, this is not an easy question, especially when you're doing in this capacity, in this conversation, right, is first question you got to ask yourself is actually what am I getting in holding myself in this emotion around this narcissist? Why, why am I staying in this emotion? Not why am I staying in this relationship? Why am I staying, why am I staying in this emotional state? Why am I choosing this emotion right now? Because that's going to give you a metacognitive awareness. And, and that, it's just going to make you aware of why you're actually making that decision to actually choose the emotion of it. And then the second question I would ask, and it's so, and, and I've dealt with so many people in this capacity, especially, you know, in my work, I, I deal with a lot of ex-relationships, uh, ex-wives, and, and the conversation turns into this, is that where are you being a narcissist? Because in my work, I've found that everybody is an altruist and everybody's a narcissist. If I start asking the question, where are you being a narcissist about this? Is your victimhood part of your narcissism? 
Because being a victim could be a reason that you're holding on to a story. It's just the opposite side of the spectrum. But it could be part of the narcissistic process you're holding on to. Because one could express it in the form of anger. One can also express it in the form of shame. Depending on the individual. So you've got to ask yourself the question. Number one, why am I choosing this emotion? Number two, where am I being a narcissist? And number three, do I really want to... Do I want to stay in this state? And number four, what action steps do I need to take? Right? I like the four-step framework in that so that you can actually make a decision. I'm not saying that's going to heal or move everything in your life, but it's going to get you to open an awareness to ask different questions, to move different ways, to get you to become more aware rather than staying stuck in a victim pattern and a pattern that may not you may not be aware of. Because I've always said that the more awareness you find of yourself and the awareness that you create, once you have the awareness, then you have better decisions you can make. When you're blind to the awareness, you're stuck in the pattern. You're stuck in the routine of it. So I would do that to start with. And I've helped a lot of people do that. And then, then they start opening their questions, start opening their mind, and start saying, really? Then the reality of it all kind of sets in a little bit more, and the story tends to subside. Mm-hmm. What about people who just feel like they have no money and like they can never make any money? You know, that's a big issue for people. It is. And in my work, I found money Money comes down to one thing. I have a book coming out in February. It's called Wired for Wealth, a brain-based approach to making money in the 21st century. And um, I will tell you something about money. That Money is 100% emotionally driven. And whatever you resent, you resist. And I've seen this thousands of times. Mm-hmm. Is that if you hold on to resentment in your physiology, in your neurology, you will resent and push away money. You will push away income from coming in the door. You will push away that the dollars from coming in the door. And if you're holding on to guilt and the emotion of guilt, then what you're going to do is you're going to give away your money. And I've in, in my work, I've classified five primary emotions from pride, shame, resentment, infatuation, and guilt. And these five emotions run our life. Everything is a subset of these emotions. But if an individual is not 100% great for their past, not 100% grateful for the journey that they've come through, and they have any resentment in that, they're going to actually create issues. I was just reading an article yesterday that someone said that there's over 300 to 500 traumas, they're calling, that people are running in their nervous system pattern. In my experience, it's far more. I I think it's more. But they're saying 300 to 500 major ones. Uh, This was in psychology today. They were talking about this. I think it's actually more than that. The work that I do, we do 300 to 500 Root, what I call root experiences in a day, but sometimes people have three, four, five thousand that you just that are running your system. And until we don't, here's the thing: like it affects our health, it affects our cortisol levels, it affects our blood pressure, it affects our organic function. All this plays a factor in how our body works. We can't separate emotions from the function of our body. So it's imperative that we heal ourselves so that we can actually become healthier in the process. Yeah. How does one start to heal themselves? I think it's with the right questions. I think it's with the right questions. I think it's with asking yourself questions of, you know, why am I choosing this emotion? That's one of the most basic, most primitive questions, I, for me at least, that I came up with. But I think it's so wise. It's like I remember a moment when, you know, maybe I must have been 21, 22 years old, and I was angry. I was super angry. I was like in a rage state. And all of a sudden, like this question, like I popped into my head. And I don't know if it's happened to you or any of your listeners who are listening. I asked myself the question, why am I angry? 
And it was like, just like this. I just froze in the middle of an argument. I just froze. I was like, why am I angry? And then I said, why am I actually choosing the emotion of anger right now? I was like, huh. And it literally deflated the whole thing. Whatever I was angry about, I just chose a different response to it. And it, like, that's, I think that's when all of this started to begin for me. I started to work on all this stuff. Right? This has just kind of been my work over the years, and I just kind of started taking it. But I think that's one of the biggest things. If you're in that pattern and you're choosing an emotion, ask yourself the question, why am I choosing this emotion? It must serve you in some capacity. So what, how is it serving me? Okay. Then ask yourself, how is it a disservice to you? All of a sudden, that entire pattern will change. And I think that's the first step to ask yourself because reacting to emotions versus creating your own emotional response is two different states. And that those questions open that door. Yeah. I, I think, you know, what you're really saying is taking responsibility for your own emotions, right? And, you know, and not saying, hey, I'm angry because you made me angry. For sure. You know, because I think a lot of times people will say, I'm angry because you did this to me or you made me angry or you caused this to me. And I, you know, what I try to say to people all the time is that, you know, whenever you say, you know, you did this to me or you caused this to, to, to me, you know, you're saying, you know, you're a victim or you, you know, you're giving this person power over your life, right? And that is, you're in victim mode at that point, and you're not in creation mode. And that is, you know, you have to be taking responsibility for your life. And that is a very hard thing to do. I, I love exa- everything you could have. You just said I could said perfect. I couldn't say I couldn't say it better myself. I agree with you 100. percent 100. percent You have to take responsibility for your emotions. If not, you'll create the continue to create the story of victimhood and blame everyone else versus take your own responsibility of life. Perfectly said. I, I agree with you 100. percent Yeah. So I mean, really, that's the first step of for transformation. I agree, and I guess my methodology is. The questions that I'm asking is helping someone take that responsibility of that state, right? And, and that, and once you say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to take responsibility," it's like losing weight. Losing weight, is, there's a, a scientific, formulaic process to do this. Hormones are involved. All that stuff is involved. But if you diet, if you exercise, and you eat less calories, your hormones will rebalance and reorganize so that you can actually lose weight. That's just this is a physiologic fact. But we blame everything else inside of it, and that makes us a victim. If we want to take charge of our life and take charge of our emotions and take charge of our relationships, you're 100% right. You've got to take responsibility consciously, not reactively. Completely agree. Right, right. So what, what is something that somebody could start to do right now at home you know, they are dealing with a narcissist, they're dealing with a, you know, or whatever it is that they're dealing with. What What's the first step that they could do at home? What's like uh, something that you could leave them with? You know, it's going to sound so simple, 
And it's, it's really like, it's not this big, crazy, you know, philosophical thing. It's not this big psychological thing. I would tell you no, number one thing to do is get enough vitamin D into your system mm. and walk. Mm. Like it sounds so simple, but I'm not the guy who's like, you know, everything is personal development. Everything is thinking like your body has a certain response. You have to do certain things here to affect it here. And vitamin D is going to help create the red blood cells so that you can actually function and actually be able to navigate with stress in your system. The more stress your body's under, the more chaos it creates. And walking has been shown to move the energy through the body, get your blood flowing, get you to think and get your BDNF and your brain up so that when you do have to deal in that capacity, however you're dealing with the narcissist in that capacity, you're not reactive. At least you can have conscious control of yourself and not react, take responsibility of what's going on inside yourself. Yeah. Love that. And, you know, you've helped transform so many lives. You know, you have amazing stories of transformation, right? I mean, what, I what's just like name, name a couple off the top of your head. Man, I, uh, well, there, you know, last year in 15 minutes, I took someone's type one diabetes and helped reverse that. Um, people with lupus, autoimmune disorders, Crohn's disorders. And I don't walk around saying like I'm curing anything, right? But when the body heals, then it, it, your body starts putting in the right place. Um, people have gone off and made, you know, one. there's a new TV show that was launched and I helped launch that through, through this work. Inside that, it's a real estate TV show that's going to be out and it's actually funded. It's going gonna, it's gonna to rival Shark Tank on the real estate side, I think, um, inside that. But people's health ailments have gotten relationships, marriages have just transformed. Like there hasn't been a marriage that I haven't been able to, if not save the marriage, if the marriage still needed to end, it was amicably ended. So there's not all the chaos that goes on with a relationship and divorce ending. And so it was actually a loving separation. I like to call it. It's not a divorce. It's a loving separation, which happens, which is normal. It's normal that if someone has to separate a relationship, great. Do you have to go through all this war and havoc and chaos inside of it? Or can you do it through a loving grace? And you can. And I, I like to sit and say that as, as long as, you know, love is all there is. The rest is BS. And if we can get through the BS, then we can get to the love. And the body will heal, the mind will heal, and the relationships will, will mend because of that. And wealth and your self-worth are byproducts of that. Well, everything is driven by love or fear, right? Everything. That's it. Yeah. Well, how can people learn more about you? How can they find your book? Yeah. How can they find you? You know, if people are interested, they could, you know, if they want to learn kind of what part of the brain that they're working on, like I've developed a a technology that helps people understand their their brain. And are they using the amygdala? Are they using the limbic brain? Are they using the prefrontal cortex? Um, and mapped it out in a sense to so people can understand, okay, here's the psychology of it. If someone is in like the amygdala brain, they're in a, a desperation state. And here's the psychology of that. Um, they can go to rewirescore.com and kind of just take a little quiz and get an understanding and a full layout of how their brain works. You can go to Amazon to get the book, chasingsuccessbook.com, or just go to Dr. Rewire. Just go to drrewire.com. There's lots of info all over there. And anything I can do, I'm all over social inside that to help people in whatever capacity I can do. I look forward to helping people in the way I can. All right. I love it. And obviously we'll have all the links and everything in the show notes and yeah, definitely go check him out, go follow him and we'll um, make sure that everything is available for you as well. 
Dr. T, you are amazing. And we are going to be featuring him a whole lot more as well. So thank you very much for sharing your incredible wisdom. And um, I think that you are fabulous. Thank you, Rebecca. I appreciate you and all the work that you're doing. You're helping so many people. And I just want to say thank you for what you do to help so many people as well. It's, 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 an, it's an honor and service to be able to be able to be here with you and communicate and help the people that you're helping. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. 